Pedestal listeners, today's episode is being brought to you by Stars on Crave. This week's movie, There's Something About Mary, and in fact, every movie we do from now on is available to stream right now on Stars, home of some of the biggest hit movies. Go to crave.ca to sign up and try it out for a week. And now, on to the show. You're listening to The Pedestal from Mike on Much, presented by Much Studios. Welcome to The Pedestal. I am Mike Veerman. We are here with Shane Cunningham, who also joins me on the Mike on Much podcast. Of course, we are joined by our co-host, award-winning director, writer, producer, and Mensa member, Jonathan Popolis. But hello, hello. we are not the only ones here. We are very pleased to welcome an actor, a writer. You've seen him on Baroness Von Sketch Show. He's the co-host of The Beaverton. He's a former pod guest on Mike on Much. We are pleased to welcome to The Pedestal. Miguel Rivas. That's me. Hello. How are you well, doing, man? I'm doing well. How is everybody doing? Good. Great. Great. I was almost enjoying our yeah. talk off mic. We were I just know. shooting the shit about the Raptors, about the life, about the city. That's what I said with, with Shane. We were walking up here together and I said, like, let's not talk about it. Let's wait till we get yeah. in there because yeah. we started talking about it. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys start talking about the film? Yeah, we started talking about the film. You can't That's help why. it, right? Yeah, no. Well, it's um, hard too, especially if you haven't met someone before, to not be awkward. You want to talk about the thing that you're about to do. The one thing we have in common. Yeah, it's the obvious thing. Like, hey, in uh, about five minutes, we're about to talk about <laughs> yeah. this funny movie. I don't know anything about you, but uh, you've seen the you've seen this film. <laughs> yeah. We have that in common. Because originally we were going to do twins. That's true. That's right. Twins. It's an insider uh, baseball there. So we could talk about that a little bit, but then that dried up real quick, and I was like, oh, we have to talk about this about Mary. And I, I didn't rewatch Twins because of that reason. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we do a bit of your background, but people could always just go back and listen to uh, the time you came on Mike on Much because we were talking to you and Emma. Yeah, and was plug. And, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Mike on Much is a great uh, podcast. Everybody should check it out. It's Only because we have great guests like you yeah, and Emma. Incredible guests and amazing hosts and great stories. Wow. What do you want to know? You want to know? Uh, what do you want to know about my life? Oh well, you know, we were just you know, whenever we've had uh, an actor on or What's a with all these well. questions, <laughs> you're like, I'm just here to talk about the fucking movie, bro. Back up. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm like a Toronto guy mostly, like ping ponged around growing up here, and uh, yeah, pretty much it. Wanted to be an actor since I was like a little tiny kid, like one of those people who just like at two or three decided one thing and never ever changed my mind in spite of all the evidence against it. And I went to university only to learn how to act and like kind of effed off with the rest of the stuff and then got right into comedy out of, out of university. Cause it was like, uh, getting into acting, you're like, okay, I guess there's three months between every potential gig, if there are any gigs and you, and it, you're not doing anything, you're never acting and comedy in a place like Toronto, you can literally, even back then, which was way less, you could go on stage many times a week. Now you can go on stage every night if you're a psycho. Which Were you doing like, a lot more stand up or sketch? Or? I never really did stand up that much. I mean, I did like yeah. a handful of it, but for me, it was always sketch and improv, like anything approximating acting. I was like, did you do the whole Second City thing? No, I never really did Second City. I more did like the independent thing. We were so poor. Me and my brother, Freddie Revis, shameless plug, check out his podcast. Shout out Freddie. Yeah. What's his podcast called? Uh, it's called The Confederacy of Dunks, and it's a Raptors podcast. Oh, sure. That's a great cool. name. That's yeah. a great name for yeah. a podcast. Right up my alley. I love it. Um, Freddie Rivas is so great. No. Um, <laughs> so yeah, him and I got into it together, obviously, because we both wanted to do it. And uh, is Freddie your twin? Because that would explain why you wanted your twins to segue in. Oh, the he's, he's, you know what? He's only fourteen months younger than me. Wow. My mom came back from maternity Twins-ish. leave to announce that she was going on maternity leave. Who's the Arnold and who's the Danny DeVito? Oh, I'm the Arnold. Oh. Freddie's the Devito, no question. You can't tell under this dumpy sweater, but I'm jacked. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can I'm tell. Absolutely you pretty jacked. Nicely. You poured um, into that thing. Yeah, and then we did, that was it. Just comedy for, in Toronto, you just got, it became super addictive and the community so supportive. And then 
audition acting. I had a lucky little run here for the past few years. Awesome with the Beaverton. Yeah, yeah with Beaverton because it's um you know, you're, 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 you're an anchor. You're like a co-anchor and it's, it's performative in its own way, but it's also your namesake. Yeah. How do you approach that as an actor? You're like, I'm going to be myself or I'm, I'm a heightened version of myself. Well, it was weird when we set it up. It was like, uh, the show was made by other people, Luke Gordonfield and Jeff Detsky um, and others. And they were, they, they had in mind what they wanted and they just were holding auditions and I, I didn't even know them. And just through auditioning, I was sort of way more playing a character. But then when they wanted to make the show, they were like, no, we want everyone to use their real names, which was actually like a, a really good thing for my profile, oh, yeah. right? Um, but it was very much a performance, uh, especially in the seasons one and two. In season three, it's a bit more just kind of me laughing at stuff and being stupid. But <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it, it was weird. But it worked out really well for me because people recognize me on the street and they don't say, you're the guy from the thing. They, they often say like, you're Miguel. Because <laughs> you get to open every show by saying your yeah, name. Yeah, hello, I'm Miguel. Yeah. Lauren Michaels That's once good. said to, he gave the job to Amy Poehler on uh, Weekend Update and he was like, congratulations, like you're going to be so famous because you're going to say your name on TV That's every week. point. <laughs> man, got to get your name in the, like uh, in the yeah. show. <laughs> Don't play characters, man. Yeah, and if yourself. you do, name yeah, them your name. of yourself. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why Chevy was the big breakout star, right? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. His first year. Oh, yeah. I guess that's true. Mm-hmm. Plus he, he was Chase, right Bill Murray right afterward. Yeah, Plus he was okay. reckless with his body. That's true. Yeah. The Pratt Falls. <laughs> yeah, the Pratt Falls. Yeah. They weren't safe. Gerald, <laughs> no. Gerald Ford impressions. I know. Gerald right. Ford on the, on the ladder, on the doing ladder, the yeah. uh, tree, the Christmas tree. Did you guys ever do a rewatch on season one of SNL? Uh, that's yeah. A, that's a harsh one. That's that's weird. Yeah. It is weird. It is. It's a weird it's show. So There's some good strange. highlights, but if you sat and watched like episodes. Oh, I episode, did. When I was young, getting yeah, into comedy, I watched like, all of season one on DVD and just being like, what? Because <laughs> they didn't even know what they were making, right? Like, they're just like, what's this? Yeah. Something. The first yeah. season, though, of everything is so weird. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, The Simpsons. Oh, like, Homer is completely different. Yeah. The well, you know, Office, Seinfeld. Completely different. Yeah. 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 Well, today which- on the show, guys, <laughs> we are doing There Is Something, not There Is, There's Something About Mary. Mary. There's just something about Mary. I like to rename it. There is so say it right, yeah. Mike. Say yeah. it right. There's something about Mary. Is the show or movie that we're doing today, Miguel? You chose this one. I did. Yeah. Why um, did you choose this one? It's now? my next favorite film to Twins. Uh. So I thought <laughs> we could check out. Okay. Well, before we get into that, uh, we like to give our listeners a little bit of context as to what was going on when this film came out. So this film came out in 1998. I believe we've done a 1998. We did Big before. Lebowski not that long ago. And so that is that 98? So you remember the top five? I'm pr- and I know this is up there. If not like number one, it's like a top three. This so this is the top five in 1998 yeah. uh, worldwide. And this gross. movie's on the top wow. five. This is in the top five. So do you want do you want to take a shot at guessing, Miguel? That's what we do on this podcast. It's gross. Wow. Well, we won't do it's gross yet. Oh. We're gonna do the top five. What in the, oh, this was oh, in the top oh, five in 98. Oh my god. I'll give you five. A Bug's Life. Okay. Right. Right. What about Armageddon? Okay. That's number one, baby. That's number one. Yeah. Oh, about- did we, you guys just talk about that? No. We've, oh, okay. we've talked, no, we said, uh, it's a, so something about Mary's on there, Armageddon's on there, Bucky's okay. on there. Pretty Patch sure. Adams. <laughs> did not make it. No, is, unfortunately. Is that a flop? Isn't there like a Pocahontas or a Hunchback of Notre Dame Yeah, we'll just give you the top five so sure. people know what was Go going on it. in 1998. Number five, A Bug's Life. Number four, There's Something About Mary. Number three, Godzilla. Right. Wow. Number two, Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Whoa. And I'll tell you, there's this interesting thing that happens when you look up the grosses from 98 is on a lot of lists, they have Titanic, which is weird because it came out in 97. But, but I because think because it, it made so money. much it money. It just kept running. It, and I think it came out around Christmas in 97 or maybe on Christmas Day. 
Right. So that's only what six days, of course, and then it yeah. rolls in. So I think some people consider that in 1998. Uh, I see. Gross. Oh, fascinating. Which would bump all these. And down then they re-release. Like every re-release, they add the gross as well for Titanic. And you're in and line for all of them. Of course. Yeah. That's like when you're born I'm in, line in the right wrong now. month, and then you're in the in your school year. You're like a little twerp or something. Yeah, yeah. 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 Malcolm Gladwell <laughs> does a whole thing on that. Hot yeah, things. right. Exactly. If you're born in January, you have a much better chance of going pro than if you're born in uh, in December. Because you get to beat up on little kids. That's right. Yeah. You're like the dream. Twelve months ahead of them. The dream. I do that now. Uh, Okay, so uh, who wants to guess what this film uh, costs to make? $20 million. No way. Uh, $68 million. $68 million. See, I know I'm horrible at this, by the way. (laughs) I'm I'm probably wrong. So I could be not even close. This movie costs $36 million. There's something about Mary cost in 1998 to make $23 million. Oh, wow. Did you say 20? Fuck. All right, worldwide gross, guys. Okay. Made a lot, didn't it? Five hundred million dollars. Is that way too Half much? Half a billion? That's nuts. Two, That's like Avatar one level. Of, you guys, Don't you let them throw you off the I, scent. No, You're probably what? right. <laughs> one hundred and seventy-three million dollars. One hundred and seventy-four million dollars. Okay. Two hundred and two million. <laughs> one dollar, Bob. Okay, well, if we're doing the the prices right, then Shane wins because it was made yes. three hundred and seventy million. So it wasn't even that. Mike's acting you threw everybody threw off. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Sorry, said, and I normally close. don't do that. I don't do that normally. You fucking ass. That's sorry. so crazy Ooh. that an original comedy yeah. of any kind. Isn't that crazy. They don't you can't like, even imagine that today. Because don't even, I can't even imagine them making a big original comedy now like that. Yeah, like and it, yeah, well, it making taking like over the world Marvel like that money, as well. Yeah. So what we like to do is sort of uh, uh, talk about what this movie meant to us when it came out in 1998, what our sort of like original mm-hmm. uh, relationship was like with it, and then sort of obviously after revisiting for this uh, podcast, how we feel about it now. But because you chose this one, I want to know, one, why you chose this, and maybe it was random, and then what your relationship was like with this film in 1998 when it came out. Well, that's kind of why I chose it, actually, was um, I remember just laughing so hard at this movie and feeling like it spoke to me. I was 13 years old when it came out and I was already like an extremely avid moviegoer. I would go on to work at the movie theater for like all of my high school. Hey, two alums. Hey, all right. Simplex, baby. I was a Rogers video guy. Hey, uh, I worked at a video store near my house too when I was really young. Like before I was illegally allowed to work, they let us help them stock the shelves and then we could have free movies, me and my brothers. Man, that's amazing. Yeah, it was a pretty good deal. So it wasn't a blockbuster, it was like a local. No, yeah, it was a local one. The video station. Oh, I think it was called Video 99, if that was a chain. Of course. Was it? Yeah, yeah, I think, think it was, right? Backwards nine, like that's right, that's right. Nine. Yeah. 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 In Ajax. Well, um, well I hope they don't, don't get in trouble now. I oh, they're that. I think they are defunct. I think they're that long the joke. folded. <laughs> I don't think there are any video stores Shane, anymore. I don't yeah. think they exist anymore. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to threaten the last remaining video store. I'm glad we corrected Ajax. I'm glad video we corrected you. Ajax. No, but uh, so I remember being 13 and just Video laughing. 99 shut down for youth labor law violations. <laughs> Shane's face is like, I know, I was kidding, guys. Come on. Anyway. All right. And the nines were backwards. What the hell? Um, yeah, and it just like, it was so crass and so like geared towards probably the age of 13 so well uh, oh, for yeah. teenagers. And I just remember thinking it was so great and uh, wondering if, I remembered certain little, you know, I never saw it a million times after that. It wasn't one of those movies for me. Yeah. Certainly I saw it again, I'm sure, but probably closer to when it came out. Not something I've rewatched in my adult life at all, I don't think. And the, the things that I remembered specifically thinking about the movie, I was like, hmm, I wonder about this. Yeah. So I wanted to watch it again and see if I would still laugh so hard or if I would be recontextualizing it like crazy. 
and it was a fascinating experience. It's kind of a perfect movie for a revisit for I all know. those reasons you just described. I was thinking described. that the whole yeah. time watching. I'm like, wow, this might be like the perfect pedestal movie because there is there's a lot to do. A lot going on. Yeah. There's uh, tons. In the uh, in the many years that have passed. Yeah, so yeah, so what's, yeah. what's, I guess 98. So that'd be what? We're looking at 20 years. 21 years. years. Uh, Johnny, what was your relationship like uh, with this film? So I saw this movie with my friend Aaron Yeager. And it was like, I, my room, uh, this was maybe like a top five movie theater experience because I remember this being like I was at a rock concert. Like it was yeah, a packed same, theater same. and people were like going fucking nuts. Same, at same. every joke. That's what my memory of it is. And like everything. When like the old lady's fake boobs come out, whole place like explodes, like that kind of thing. It was every <laughs> What kind of explosion? Scene. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, that's good. Yeah. Um, every, and I saw- popcorn shooting out of the so yeah, I, I just rem- I remember just I loved it. I don't. I, I, I I'm not even a hundred percent sure if I loved it as much as I loved that movie theater experience because that's kind of when the best kind of comedy movie experience is is when you watch it with like a few hundred people and everyone's laughing like crazy. Turn off your Netflix. Get down yeah, to the theater. Man, come back. That's, that's what a, I'm saying. Honestly, that's a great argument for it's still true. spending time in theaters when you have a real it true changes, communal experience. It, for a comedy in particular, it, it changes the dynamic. Yeah, totally. In a huge way. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Shaney? I never really had a relationship with this movie. I was a huge Dumb and Dumber fan. And yeah, then, me too. Like, the fact that the Farrelly, this is the Farrelly's new movie was... Yeah, yeah, so it had a lot working against it because it, it wasn't Dumb and Dumber. So I oh, sat there and, I, and I, I got there a little bit late. I was by myself. I was feeling like a loser, too, because my friends had bailed on me. And I had to sit very front row. And that's never the best way to see a movie. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, this isn't Dumb and Dumber. Don't this- go to the movies. <laughs> yeah. Turn on Netflix. <laughs> this is- <laughs> and then I remember everyone laughing. And I was like, these people are mainstream lame wads. I just thought. Wow. Yeah. As Johnny's popcorn was exploding. <laughs> yeah. Like I was a Not bit like vulgar. He was in the front row in his leather coat smoking his cigarette. <laughs> Still using the term lame wads. <laughs> a badass. His beret yes. and turtleneck. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was 15 though. <laughs> cool, cool as hell. That's cool, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this was. I remember this was a huge um, buzz movie. Like I remember people were talking about this movie a lot, oh, yeah. and there were so many scenes that like. So it's like there's like a murmur. I think I maybe saw it the week after it came out, but people are already saying like in school, like, oh, there's the scene with this and the scene with that. And it's yeah. like, there's a couple like iconic scenes, you know? Uh, and so th- I heard a lot about it. And so me and my friends did go and see it probably on like a Friday. And the theater was very much the way that you guys were describing it, where it was like, it was an event film uh, for like people our age that were, mm-hmm. you know, sort of just going wild to, see to think about it. It's a comedy movie. Well, it was kind of like, it was kind of like uh, a little bit risky in its own, yeah. you know what I mean? There was a lot going on. Extremely risky. Yeah. Really. Like, yeah. you know, what's so funny is, um, um, not to jump too far ahead here, but where it's like, you know, around school, kids being like, yeah, there's a cum scene. There's a scene yeah. Cum it's cum in, it's in, cum in her cum hair. In her Which, hair. of course, is like exciting to... What? Yeah. Oh, God. Goes, that's and that's like the least offensive thing in yeah. this movie. Honestly. But this yeah. has to be the first movie to ever show cum. Oh, I have I was that in my notes. I was thinking question. that as I was watching it. Because, like, I remember there was a cum scene in Girls. There's a cum mm-hmm. scene in one of the scary movies where it's the, the guy. Fir- the fir- I was going to say yeah. scary oh, yeah. movies. Or the ceiling up. plaster. But yeah. before it, I, I don't And then there's recall. a classy cum scene in Squid in the Whale. Yes, right, where he puts it on the books. Tipped in but a that's library. Classy. Yeah. <laughs> that's New York cum. <laughs> 
I did like, like I, I remember liking it a lot. I didn't feel like a seminal film. Like when I think back to comedies uh-huh. that made me like- Seminal film, yeah, sorry guys. Seminal. Made me laugh <laughs> so hard. Like I remember la- like I remember like another Fairly Brothers film, which was like Me, Myself, and Irene, which I've not revisited, but like I couldn't breathe in that film. Something like Step Brothers was another great like uh, theater experience that didn't totally travel to uh, the yeah, home, like, right. you know, years later. But uh, like those films, when I think back on some of my- favorite sort of experiences or movies that like, I kind of like, like, Oh, I have never laughed so hard. This wasn't there, but it, it was, it was like, I acknowledged that it was like, I had a great time at this film. I didn't walk away thinking like, that's the best comedy I've ever seen. But the I ultimate certainly enjoyed theater it. experience for me was like right around this time too. Probably, probably the next year was American pie. Oh, oh just really? a flute joke. I remember the theater I was in. Cause I knew, I feel like nobody knew anything about that movie. And we used to go to the movies every Friday. Right. It was a brand new movie. Hadn't caught on buzz at all yet. We're not like, let's watch it. And when the flute joke happened, I just remember like, it was like a, an applause break. <laughs> <laughs> Standing over. They had to stop the movie. I had to turn off the projector. <laughs> and the people were arrested. The flute joke is I shoved the flute up my pussy. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, wanted you, I wanted you to say it. Yeah. Well, we can put in the clip so I don't have to say it. Right. Right. <laughs> It's just an editor's note. It's better that that you said it, actually. Right, okay. I'll leave it like that. Well, we'll see how you edit it. We'll see what happens. Let's all take turns saying the joke. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so what did we think about it, uh, revisiting it now? I mean, we've all watched it uh, probably within the last 48 hours. The case for keeping it on the pedestal. Yeah, we're going to the case for keeping it on the pedestal. Uh, Pedestal. No, we're going to pedestal to find out if it stays on the pedestal. Nice. Uh, (laughs) So what do we like about it? What's the best scene? What's the best performance? You want to start? Yeah, I got my pages of notes here. At first I was like, is this a bad thing? But what I kind of like about <laughs> it is that revisiting it now, it kind of presents as like, it's recontextualized as a horror movie almost. Uh-huh. It's a horror movie With the for Mary. Stuff and the, yeah. Mary is, in another movie, you could follow Mary and this is a nightmare film. Psychological yeah. thriller. It's, it's like a single it's white like, female or She's something. like she's living in the matrix. Every single interaction is manufactured by someone else to extract something out of her. Yeah, it's true. So it's like, it's absolutely terrifying. Um, but is. but I think the the interesting thing that makes it work comedically is that they I feel like they knew that when they wrote it, and so the movie is filled with like jingle jangle pop and extremely dumb gags where right. they're like presenting like <laughs> what it's like to be followed by several stalkers. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was uh, it was fascinating. Well, the way. premise yeah, the premise alone is like I think in 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 less sure hands or less funny hands could have been a, a disaster. But it's sort of a testament to how sort of like funny it is at times that you just, you keep going along and it earns a lot of the stuff that you get. You know, you have this sort of Ted character that you, the Ben Stiller character that you sort of, he's the anchor and everyone else around him is sort of crazy. Yeah. But uh, one of the things for me off the top, I mentioned it, is the iconic scenes. Like yeah. the whole opening, first of all, by the way, does anybody in that high school look like they're in fucking high school? That, I was, I, that is was that my part first of note. the joke though? Yeah. Is it I think of, it is part of the joke. Sure. I, I let it slide. Yeah. yeah. Oh, totally. Like, I I just, it made me laugh and I didn't know. I'm like, do they know that these are all adults sitting around this car right now? Yeah, I think it was funny. Um, but then obviously we get to the, the, the scene where he does the, the balls up in the zipper and it's, uh-huh. I'm like, oh, right. Like this was like a huge deal in 1998. Huge. And I actually already forgot that that was like, it was almost unfolding in front of me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is still very funny. I thought when, you know, you first get the fireman and then you get the police or whatever. Yeah, the escalation. Mm-hmm. I forgot how fucking funny Keith David, the dad oh, was. Oh, he he's was amazing. God. He was he's every so single thing. I was going to say, that's thing. like my favorite performance It might movie, be my favorite. Yeah. I, 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 it's so naturalistic I and like, like nobody else could play it that well. No. What do you mean? What? Well, I mean, um, is it the, um, or the, 
Is it the Frank or the beans? Right. Do you know what I liked about it too? Just from a storytelling standpoint, and is did you notice that uh, he's the he's fucking with Ted? That's yeah. clearly where Mary gets it from. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. That's really they good. They sort of like plant the seed That's that her stepdad bad. is like always fucking with people, That's so good. that when she does it later in life, I didn't notice that. And good observation. Like, yeah, he apparently like ad libbed all those lines too, and so he's just like when she's like walking down, he's like, ah oh, shit, look at that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> also, there's a great line too when uh, when Ben Stiller's getting rolled out in the uh, the ambulance. None of this whatever happened to Woogie off camera. <laughs> you hear him say that. Yeah. What happened to Woogie? <laughs> so funny. Yeah, oh. he's great. Yeah. But yeah, that first that first scene is both it's famous, but it's like it's very uncomfortable to watch. I was almost like dreading it. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, I'm like, it's, oh no, I gotta watch. It's like this. a precursor to cringe comedy yeah, that would essentially is. take very over cringe. in like through in two years, right? Yeah. The British Office drops in two thousand, and then yeah. and Curb Your Enthusiasm drops in two thousand, and that's kind of the beginning of. Uh, uh, office, uh, Parks and Rec, everything, community, Social everything is going to kind of be socially like, awkward comedy. Yeah. Cringe uh, comedy that yeah. we're kind and of was, still in that era yeah. a little bit. And I was like, and I feel like that's Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller is the one who trucked in that for the next, like, up until recently. I think he's yeah. still doing that kind of comedy where the joke's always on him. I always thought it was really unfair that the window in the bathroom is facing her. Like, like <laughs> What is the geography of that home? I yeah. have that in my notes. It's Has a any, massive Who's home. been in a house like that that's not a mansion or a castle that you have the, the bathroom face? The house would have to be in an L shape. And you don't There's understand like a courtyard. that if he's using the bathroom, it's like, no, he's clearly not spying on you. You know where the bathroom is in your house. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It just, I was like, this is really unfair. Obviously, the whole thing is a complete farce. Well, and like, why Why is, why do birds suddenly appear when he's actually know. looking at beers and birds and he just had a very traumatic experience? Like, it's not like he's in like this like love struck mode. Like, it's such a stupid setup. So, oh, he just got beat up by the brother. He just got beat up yeah. by the brother and then he's taking a pee and he just happens to see doves and he's like, oh, why <laughs> do you guys take <laughs> issue with the Warren character? Because I feel like that's something that might be safe for the second half. I don't know if it... If it bugs oh, that's me. Just, that's just the tip of the iceberg mm -hmm. of an entire conversation. I've, yes, but I mean, I don't know if that Warren care. Like, I feel like, because I just, I know enough about the Farrelly's and yeah. how much they care about mentally handicapped and, people. And, and they, they include, uh, they include disabled people in all of their yeah. films. And I know and that about and them. Including, so, including actors, special needs actors as well. But, yeah. but yeah, a lot of times they, it feels like. I can't tell. It feels like, like an I, it feels like an I have a black friend kind of yeah, excuse. Yeah, that's what right? I was just gonna it's, say. Yeah. Or, or is it they actually they have a better sense of humor about themselves than you'd think? And because the guy that they based that Warren character on is it's in that scene where where Mary is like giving everyone hugs and kids, and the second guy that and is the burgers the, she's handing out the burgers. The burgers. That's yeah. it. That's the real life. And they're disabled Freddy, actors. The Freddy, friend yeah. that they that they based that character. I, I on. think honestly, Warren is probably the most respectful version of that in this that's film. That's sort of what I'm... Yeah. By comparison to some other pretty yes, cheap of swinging gags. Yeah, so there's some... There are some very problematic things. I just feel like... I, well, I, I would say, no, it's a good question, but I guess I would say is if you think that the portrayal of disabled people in this film is a positive and adds to the film, then it should be in this section. Yeah, I guess... I, guess I think I, it all worked, you know, but, me too. but but again, I don't know... I don't know, it's tough for me to say. 100%, <laughs> right? But, like, it felt like it was handled... In a, like, and by the way, there are parts that are handled for laughs, and we're, I'm going to get to a part with... Uh, with uh, Tucker. Lee uh, Evans, the whole Lee Evans thing is... Yeah. Well, you but, but, don't but, like Lee Evans. Well, no, but why I, it can oh, I wanna, kind I, I of I do work. and I don't. I mean... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's second half stuff. But. Yeah. Well, so then, hold on. I thought Lee Evans and the Tucker character was, like, my favorite character. Because, oh. because he that's is... Weird. A complete <laughs> abject psychopath. He is by oh, yeah, yeah. far the craziest person in this movie. So when Not Chris he, Elliott? I Not think Woogie? he's crazier. Like he's, I mean, Woogie, I feel like both those no, guys. No, you know who's the most uh, crazy character is Jeffrey Tambor. You would not believe all the pussy down here. It's like, it's like shooting fish in a barrel. Yeah, you getting any? 
Nothing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but doesn't even fall in love with Mary and seems to not care about anything in but life. But he's just a good friend, he, I think. They show up at his apartment at the end and they're like, where is he? And, and that's never his also like, There's, there's a whole deleted storyline. Do you know about oh, that? Oh, no, I don't. I don't, actually. Miguel, I was thinking that. I go... Well, what happened there's there? There's a whole deleted... Like, was he kidnapped? Long yeah, like, why do you go to his weird, line? messy apartment where all this other action... Like, why is the action taking place in that apartment at all? Yeah. There's this weird... I was confused the- that it was his apartment. For yeah. some reason, I thought that was uh, the pizza guy's He was this apartment. ex-cop who was, like, who used to be an alcoholic, who was clean and sober, and then once he's hanging out with, like, Pat Healy, he starts getting more and more, like, a drunk again. And this is all filmed, and he starts to become, like, a craven alcoholic to the point that his python, like, gets out of its cage, and the python eats him. And there's like a whole film that they see. So seen. that's not a metaphor. That's there's the an actual python. There's a python oh. or some. Snake so the answer to where is he at He's the end inside is the snake. eaten by a python? That is correct. Why would that they is, cut that? I'm, well, it's sitting at two hours already, bro. <laughs> I know. That is a wild IMDb goof right there. Yeah, I, know. I know. Whoops, we that's forgot a, to edit in the python storyline. <laughs> um, but that's yeah. messed up. That's, it is. Wow, that's, that makes. But like I thought the, t- I just, the fact that Tucker is such a crazy person, maybe it's because I know starting right at the beginning, like when he's like falling in and he's I'm like, well, this is, this isn't making fun of a handicapped guy because this guy isn't handicapped. But it this is, is though. It just is though. But he, I guess it's just that he's nuts. Like every time his, he's, his, but his he's character, doing his character is interesting that way that you're saying. I, I agree. It's like, he's the one who put on the British accent and yeah. literally broke his back. But the the crutch gag, it, I just didn't laugh. Like, watching it this time, I don't know what I thought when I was 13. Maybe I had a different thought. But the crutch gag, watching it now, I'm like, this sucks. This fucking <laughs> sucks. And then it comes back in the lip sync at the end when he's already revealed to be Norm. Just yeah. like goofy lip sync yeah. editing, and he's there swinging on the crutches, and you're like... That's like I thought a lot getting in a wheelchair and like tipping back a bunch, like you're gonna fall. It's it's just like it's just a cheap joke that is not funny. I don't no, know. I think what it is is they're, they're they're going okay. Physically, he's just he looks funny. They're gonna sure, say sure. So the joke's at the expense of if you're disabled, blah blah. I guess the thing is, it's like if you're that character imitating, like if that's really a disabled person and they can't get the keys and their pride won't allow uh, Mary to pick up the keys, that's very sad. Like that's a very sad yes. moment. If you're this creep that's absolutely playing it for sympathy, then it lives in a different world. That's where I was coming Well, you're almost laughing at the fact that he's reprehensible enough to fake this the kind of moment. he is going. Yeah. I think sort of. that is obviously the joke, but I totally. think that joke is not funny. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, whether it ages or not. I think there's a lot in that. Like, I wrote that. It was one of the first things I thought, like the singing guy at the very beginning, the guy who's singing. Yeah. And I'm like, this is not funny. It's the, I don't the, think it's supposed it's, to be funny, though. But I mean, there's I, just I, a, rather, I rather enjoyed the yeah, framing yeah, device. Yeah. 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 So, but there's a lot of, I'm like, but this is unique and it's different. And I haven't seen something like this. Like in a they movie went movie. for it. That's so very I feel cool. like that's a lot of stuff in this movie where it's like, I don't know if all of this is even funny, but they are definitely going for it in lots of. Well, that was Weird, more like a quirky, ways. interesting uh, storytelling device. Yes. Instead of having a narrator, they're going to have these people. The singing kind of, guy. And I didn't, yeah. and I liked it. I, feel, I mean, the singing guy is just one example of many of, of what you were saying, where it's like, this is fun. Like, I'm just, it's not funny, but I'm kind of happy that they at least went for a big, I don't know, I'm it, not going to defend It the, really plays out like a farce, like the whole yeah, thing, right? Huge. At the end when they all walk into the same apartment, which of course, story-wise and realistically is, beyond absurd uh that's literally like a farce where every character ends up in the same room at the end and you resolve the plot lines or whatever so it's like they really they're doing for doing classical things that when you 40s screwball comedy when when ben stiller tries to eye poke the dog you're like that's the that is so dumb hey are you the little guy making all that big noise huh Mm -hmm. 
That is in my good column. Oh, it I love made it. me I love laugh it. Oh, last yeah, night. Me too. I fucking died. I love One it. of my favorite it. scenes, like I, because uh, I, I had to watch this it. movie in chunks, but there was a ten minute chunk I had to watch at work, and I was just laughing my <laughs> ass off at that scene. Yeah. And by the way, laughing. I had played that scene in a commercial for Much, where I played Ben Stiller, the dog, and I had to do the dog scene. I was like, this is kind of hack. This is so stupid. Me sliding around on the floor with this fake dog, but. In the movie, it is amazing comedy, I think. Yeah. It's so, so funny. Yeah. That's probably the third classic scene, right? It's like you have the jizz scene, you have the uh, ball caught in the zipper yeah. scene, and then the dog attack scene. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Those are probably the three iconic scenes that came out of this you film. You can see a hand when the dog is thrown through but the I think window. That's you okay. see the hand. Like, I think the fact that yeah. the dog is super fake is, again, what makes yeah. it. Yeah, that is also when, when, when he's like body slamming the dog <laughs> a bunch of times, <laughs> or even the way that, they, that Matt oh. Dillon messes with the dog. Yeah, I really I beat the shit out of this I, dog. I was thinking that when Matt Dillon is giving that dog mouth to mouth and he's given a clear puppet dog <laughs> mouth to mouth. Do you think he's thinking in his head is like, my career is over. Like, what am I doing right now? Like, it's such a clearly fake, bad Do you want to know dog. when that crossed my mind? I actually have in my notes. When the Fairleys ask Ben Stiller to just trust them with this masturbation scene. Oh, yeah. We're yeah. going to film you masturbating over a sink. But, like, give us a, Looking a, at like, a bra a, an honest a performance. I wrote and down, he commits. Yeah. Like, it's crazy yeah. that's not a gift somewhere for when people are getting excited or something. But, yeah. but it's after Dumb and Dumber. So they're at the height of their powers. Mm, tons of uh, cachet or whatever it is. Yeah. And look, yeah. What, the, look what this film went on to grow. So this was mm -hmm. obviously a... But if you're Ben yeah. Stiller, you don't... Like, you're an actor, Miguel. That's a lot of trust. Well, he's a total freaking goofball. Did you guys ever watch the Ben Stiller show? Right. Back in I was going to bring like, that he up. He is a this, total ham. He was on SNL. This would like, be right a, up his alley. He's a no shame guy. I feel like that scene would be an easy pitch for him. It would be like uh, a gift almost, you know? You can almost a see gift him and like, a gift. like trying to dance around. He's like, oh, guys, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to go for it. The funniest mm -hmm. way is if I just really. Yeah, the way he really tilts his head with the gun. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. it's really funny. That's he, he, he knows how to look like a dummy. He's really good at it. I, think, best. I, think I love so, the Ben Stiller show, by the way. It's a, yeah, it's I really love great, it. great show. Yeah. Crazy cast. Yeah. Some of the funniest stuff I found in this, because there is so much absurd and so much big comedy in this, like the conversation between Chris Elliott and uh, Ben Stiller when like Chris Elliott's wife, who's like so subservient, she's going to make them the cookies. In this. Chris Elliott in those scenes to me is very funny, just as like the suburban dad. He's perfect. Like that shit is like, that to me is just as funny as like some of the, the more outlandish sort of like uh, uh, pieces that happen in the film. Like just the conversational <laughs> stuff between two guys, like living the dream and stuff like yeah. that. It's just like that shit was making me laugh. I'm like, this yeah, is very funny. He's the, the greatest creep who ever lived mm -hmm. like the the ben stiller matt uh dylan conversations i found were very funny like yep just just talk pieces more so than like crazy outrageous stuff or physical comedy or slapstick it was like i agree i felt like it nailed all those little pieces to add up mm -hmm. to something and the story really moves right and if the movie has like a bunch of different styles of humor represented like you were just saying absolutely even to the point of like one scene i noted where i was like okay they pretty they pulled that off pretty well uh, is the date between Ben Stiller and mm -hmm. and uh, yeah. between Ted and Mary, where it's like the the waffle cone meat conversation is like meats on sticks. You, you know, know if, you, if you think about from? it too much, you'd be like, that's really stupid. But they're trying to represent that flirting thing that's so often mm -hmm. in any is represented in romantic comedies where you just go, ugh, it doesn't feel real or. You know, it doesn't feel like they're actually flirting or yeah. talking. And this one kind of kind and, the, of and they, off. Yeah. I mean, they're not even trying to be that funny. They're just trying to be like. Well, nice. they're showing it's also authentic compared to Matt Dillon. Right. Like Matt Dillon did a version of that earlier in the film, which was all uh, uh, fake. Right. He was lying. He had the the, yeah. the answers. Yeah. And then they're showing that Ben and Mary actually have this true like moment or connection. That meat oh. on the stick conversation was an actual deleted scene from the pilot of Seinfeld. 
that this should be more meats on the stick. It should be in a cone. Duh, duh. And, the, and the Fairley brothers liked it so much, they bought that section of the script what? to put into this to have wow. one. Wow. So, I'm like, when I saw that, I'm like, that is bizarre. That is, I didn't even it, know It does feel like that. not like the rest of the film, oddly, but it, it serves like yeah. the clear purpose. But it's of such an important part. And it's good part. and it's funny. That's and the you, only reason they can actually justifiably fall in love agreed. and separate. But you know, that, that brings me to a thing of like, I feel like Ted is still a super creep as well. <laughs> like this movie, this movie tries to have this heart to be like, oh, he is. He's he one is. of them as he's well. He's the lesser of four evils. She should, yeah. you know, in a re, in, in, in the is. real world, she should ditch every one of these absolute psychopaths. Ben Stiller, they try so hard to give him those scenes to make him seem like he's genuine and the audience can like him. But if you really think about it all, you're like, he's as crazy as any yeah, of those he's guys. An adult and there's just a throwaway keeps- line as to why she's with Ben Stiller. Why aren't you with Brett Favre? Yeah. Well, I'm a 49ers fan. <laughs> oh, okay. That good guy's gone. I like you. The kiss is very yeah. much like the movie resolved the way it should, but mm-hmm. we got to give him a kiss at the end. You know, yeah. we got to yeah. have two leads kiss in this romantic comedy or whatever. I know the whole premise too is that Mary is some sort of super drug and that like you meet her once you fall madly in love. That's the premise of the film. But it is like the Ben Stiller character went on one date in high school 20 years ago. It wasn't even a date, right? Yeah, like, he got the start of a date. And yeah, then he's yeah. been in therapy ever exactly. since about the one. And he still has a picture of a teenage girl in his wallet that he sits alone in his room, like staring at. I'm like, that is. A, I think that's I think horrifying. They, I think they know he's <laughs> a creep aware. a bit. Look yeah. at his little tiny baby bedroom. I agree. That you see yeah. him in, where he has like a that hockey scene poster over his bed so and weird. bars on the window. You're like, <laughs> he is literally trapped in his childhood. Yeah, I think that's what <laughs> that they're trying to show there. Is uh, Matt Dillon hilarious in this movie? Yeah, he's very funny, I thought. Fuck yes. I think, honestly, I think he's hilarious in this film. Disagree. And he embodies Kevin Dillon a lot. Wow. Yeah. I think oh, that yeah. I might be the one of the four who really did not like I think Matt Dillon in this movie at all. I, I, think you might, I think you might dislike the character. Sure. I didn't. I dislike all the characters. That's a weird yeah, word. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's it. I, think, I dislike all the characters, too. I think that he, I just, he sticks out to me as someone who's like... His timing isn't the same as everyone. You know, you know, you know what it is. You're, you're. I like it. I think it works. But you, what you're pinpointing exactly to me is that looks like an actor. That's doing exactly comedy right. Comedy, mm-hmm. not what a it, comedian. That is what it feels That's like. And he, and I, maybe I'm too super aware of Matt Dillon and and the kind of movies that he does. And to me, that almost made it funnier. Yes, because I like a guy with like dignity, kind of losing it and yeah, saying yes. weird lines. Like for some reason, and a lot of people might disagree with me, but when he was saying that he helps out retards, like I was like, this is so inappropriate. Hated that but scene. the I know, and I, and a lot of people are. That's super polarizing. And he's like, you know, the guy's got a forehead like a drive-in movie theater, but we try not to give him shit. I hated, like I hated that scene because why would she? Why would she still like the, the now I judge her? Why would she still like this guy? After well, this talking is because this is he has a good heart. Probably a very negative just, conversation to have about yeah, this film. Let's, yeah. Okay, if Johnny's got you can bring him up on the back end. Yeah. We're talking about why. All we're right, all right, all right. Teaser, teaser. Yeah. tease that for the second half. Of the Be- teaser is we're teeing off on Matt Dillon. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the point of it is that he's, in spite of himself, he has a good heart, even though he doesn't necessarily know how to word things correctly. All right. And she does justify that later on in the film that he can't string one sentence together that's proper. But I see the but goodness. She likes I think he's a he has no heart. I think he is a deep, deep. But Mary villain. thinks that. Of course, we're Mary's talking about. But he's saying, why, why would Mary? His fall last for that? speech in the apartment is like you're. Freaking oh, gross! Oh, yeah, like, of course. Like of you're course. standing beside the dude with the 
pussy eyeball in the shoes and you're gross. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. easily the most reprehensible, well, probably the most reprehensible character in the film. Like he's the most, like he's the biggest sociopath in the film that's just like wants to serve Which his Which is part of the joke, right? 100%. Like, yeah. That's why when he's out there trying to tap dance his way through all these lies and bullshit his way through things, like when uh, when he's confronted the uh, the architecture like display yeah. and he's talking about he made the place, that he has like a building in Santiago, Chile. Which building's yours? Are you familiar with the Soccer Stadium? Did you build the Estadio Olimpico? No, just down the street, the Celinto Cateyente. Like, just watching an imposter try to fake their way through something, whether it's like, uh, you know, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels or, or like any of these films where you have like this, somebody that's in a place they shouldn't be in lying, it's funny, and he was very, very funny at it. Like, he, watching him try to bumble his way through it. But you know what's so weird is he doesn't even have to bumble. Like, a, a huge crux of this script working is that every single person falls for every single lie he says. Right. Everything he says to point. Mary, she's like, yes, I believe you. Every single thing he says to Ben Stiller in the first half of the film... Yeah. He, you know, the wheelchair, the... To the yeah. audience, like, just lying like an idiot, Ben Stiller's just like the dumbest person in the history of the world who keeps going, oh, okay. When they get to like, oh, she flew to Japan. Yeah. Like that's the most obvious Sumo culture. Ever. Yeah, that funny. made me laugh. That made I'm me laugh. I'm telling you. Hey, that's, that's funny, but it's just like. Sumo culture really made me laugh. And the confidence with which he delivers the lines. Like the thing is, yeah, they all believe him, but he, why wouldn't they? He delivers it so confidently, but as the audience, we know he's a bullshitter, but the fact that he's so confident in the way that he delivers things, and like you said, when he goes on that rant, um, you know, about disabled people or he's lying to Ben Stiller or he's even lying his way through like being an architect. I just found everything that he did very funny, actually. It's a fun performance. Yeah. See, see, you you use the Santiago Chile thing. That's sort of why I like the Tucker character more, because technically the Tucker character is also doing the exact same thing in that exact same scene where he's bullshit. Like, oh, I've been there twice this month. But something about it's so compelling does it better. that he does it perfectly, and that when you're watching it the first time, you believe this guy. But this guy is such, he's been at it for two years. It's just I just it's it's impressive to watch this like pizza guy basically like he's this is his life now, and he has this great line not to keep. You know, about Tucker because I know you guys don't love Tucker is when he explaining why he's in love with her where he's like I was delivering her a pizza and uh, she answered the door in a nightgown and that was it for me. Like that's the that's his explanation of why. He's like that was yeah. it for me. My I life just is didn't now like over. his voice as the pizza guy. Once he broke, like it. maybe it's too because he's British. Like he's a he he's sounded like a British guy who doesn't guy. really do a great American. His accent. American accent was hilariously yeah. bad. I love her. I love her it's man. as broad as his physical performance. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it. Um, I thought. Would you guys think about watching this film knowing the plot? It's a totally different experience. It. They they drop a bunch of Brett Favre hints more than you think. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> knowing knowing who Woogie is changes the whole way you yeah, view yeah. the film. Like it, it was such a different experience knowing how it all unfolded. Yeah. It actually I think is way more enjoyable. I agree. Mm -hmm. Especially the I think the Woogie storyline, just to go back to what you were saying right at the beginning of this being more of a thriller, is the most compelling under the current storyline, like the idea of like Ben so like, how did you know? Uh, I, I didn't mention that night to you, to, to his Christ, friend. Christ, I was four towns away. Exactly, that thing. And it's like, but and then that's when you first see it, that plays like nothing, but you watch it now, you're like, oh shit, Woogie. Like he is nuts literally from the beginning. Him coming out of the uh, hotel when she's arriving at the hotel. All, oh yeah. And, and he has turns away. There's away. a lot of little Woogie stuff that just- Maybe, and, the, maybe the weird thing that Mary and Ted, the characters actually share is they're like, total gullibility and genuine belief that people are good. Yeah. And they Maybe. both keep doing it. Even that's, if you think about... That's a great point. Um, the scene with... Um, uh, what's his name in the car? Harlan... Uh, Harlan Williams. Harlan Williams. Yeah. Uh, ben Stiller, like, 
for the most part, believes him for the whole thing. <laughs> and even when he's, t- he's talking about it with the cops, he doesn't talk about him being a total psycho. He even actually misses like the clicking psycho <laughs> face that Harlan Williams does. Yeah. Because they just don't see the bad in like the full bad in people. Maybe I, I like it. No, I, like, I know. But I, I think, think that's no, very realistic. Like yes. we're never going to, like if I hired a private detective to yeah. find a, a crush of mine, I would assume that guy's going to be truthful to me. You're but not going to do your, you're not going to hire a private detective to investigate the private detective. No, you wouldn't. You hire the right? private detective. But even Ben, when it got really silly, he's like, I missed my window. And Ben kind of has a yeah. think on that. He's like, that's impossible because the window was like two days or maybe 24 hours. Yeah. So Ben was onto him a little bit. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and then he has that. I love when he thinks he figures out the the thing. He's like, he was oh. down there closing his rice a roni yeah. deal. Yeah. Rice deal. That's a great joke. Oh, and I love that he's going to Miami because rice roni's changing their image. <laughs> I thought that was such a good so joke. He's, so he's figured something yeah. out, but he but he still isn't just that to your the San point, Francisco tree. Just to yeah. your point, there's uh, so <laughs> many good jokes in this movie. Yeah, there because are. Matt Dillon's quick on his feet, but dumb on his feet at the same this time. This is what. That's yeah. why I think his performance is so like compelling. Like, yeah. Uh, Anyway, what were you guys going to say? I don't remember. Well, I was going to say the the scenes that you're saying, the Harlan Williams and yeah, the yeah. interrogation. I like those. And it's similar. Uh, one of you guys said it, how the style of comedy like changes throughout this yeah. movie. And those are like pure sketches. Those are pure like beginning. They're pretty like, like self-contained. Self-contained yeah. sketches. Like the seven minute ad. I, I've quoted that. That might be the thing I've quoted the most from this movie since I was a kid. Seven, man. That's the number. Seven chipmunks twirling on a branch, eating lots of sunflowers on my uncle's ranch. You know that old children's tale from the sea? It's I wild. love that scene. I think it's ridiculous. The Harlan Williams scene. The Harlan Williams scene. And, and then the interrogation scene following up is... Yeah, it's the, the interrogation scene is so funny, and it's like, I love how they're like, uh, oh, man, we don't have enough time for the the resolution of an entire character storyline, the snake thing. Yeah. But uh, let's do this prison sketch thing. That means nothing let's and doesn't do this, affect the film at all. This whole separate film within the film. I like the guy, the cop who keeps dabbing his mouth because he's drooling because he's so angry. I think those guys are hockey players. They oh, were really, really well cast. Yeah. They look so funny. Yeah, like they, a Dumb they, and Dumber style. Is that, like, wasn't yeah. it Cam Newton? I think so. Or Cam Neely? Cam, Cam Neely, Neely played yeah, uh, yeah. Seabass. Yeah, not one. Cam Newton. Um, dumb and Dumber. Wrong Cam. When There's a scene with uh, Norm and uh, Matt Dillon, the Pat character, they're in the strip club and Norm's like, comments is on the stripper's the boobs twins. and she's yeah. like, fuck off or fuck you, Norm. And uh, they're hanging out. And I started thinking, I'm like, these characters are actually kind of entertaining as like these reprehensible sort of like, you know, goofballs. Would you watch a Netflix show just about those guys living in Miami as roommates? If it was done well. Yeah. It's a decent I, I think the Tucker character is the most, is so interesting. So yeah, I would, I want to see a movie about Tucker's character just because I think he's I just the craziest person. And, and the movie doesn't treat him like he's the craziest person I maybe have ever seen in my entire life, but he's like a absolute psychopath. And they really kind of keep a lot of that from you until yeah. the end. Because oh, yeah. the scene, one scene where they kind of tr- trick the audience maybe, I remember thinking this the first time I saw it was uh, when Tucker is like, you know, he's actually a murderer and he killed all these people and he, give, he gives the like, yeah. in, like list. horrifying list and all you see is uh, Pat Healy, Matt Dillon being like, Fuck and like getting pissed, but they don't. They don't oh, tell right. you. So you'd think it's that, not true. Of course, yeah. maybe maybe you know some people oh, can get yeah, ahead of that. With- but at the time, you're like, shit, that's true. Just like the first thing she, he, uh, Tucker reveals to Mary is true. He's not an architect. I cut. You know, 
I, I checked into it. You don't know he's lying, because but you really believe it. Yeah. And the second, then that second one, you, there's no reason not to believe it. You only find out when he confronts him as a pizza guy, and for the Tucker reveal, right. that it's like, oh, so that, that's kind of an interesting. Absolutely. So do we think the audience is supposed to believe that Matt Dillon's character may be a killer for, for that bit. little stretch? Yeah, yeah I think for so. Because you're still six minutes. You're still buying the Norm character as Tucker or whatever. Yeah, you're still buying. Yeah. It. yeah. Uh, I give you really, they don't give you too many hints that he's a total fraud. Tucker, I mean, except that he mm-hmm. keeps saying the like enormously inappropriate jokes. Yeah. See, like, because I, just I give her a rogering or like, yeah. <laughs> I think that when I first watched it, I just thought, oh, obviously the joke is that this English guy's obsessed with her too. And I thought he was lying because he was, the joke is that, oh, he's obsessed with her. Yeah. He's just, so I never thought in the friend that zone. he was a killer when I had first seen Interesting. it. Interesting. Hmm. It got me totally, but yeah, I that, that's and I, I could thought, be yeah. revising history just to like, because I was, now I can't. <laughs> I just assume he's just some like because there's always like the funny friend character, and that's just always like someone who's like they're just some. And I'm, and you'd have to figure it out. It would be you'd figure it out because you got the hints, but like the way it's actually presented in the film, they don't let you know. Don't get all gooey on me now, Mary. He's, he's, he's such in the friend zone. <laughs> that guy. Uh, I forgot Sarah Silverman was in this film. I what know. A waste of Sarah Silverman. I wrote that all down. The, all the women friends are so critically underused. Yeah. This movie does mm-hmm. not pass the yeah. Bechdel test. At all. Totally. Yeah. I did laugh though. And I, I, so when he's eavesdropping Matt, the Matt Dillon character on the four of them talking, and this is when she reveals she wants a guy that does this and this the vibrator like, joke. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then he laughs. Yeah. Like he jumps in and he laughs, yeah. which then they kind of like look at creepily. But even something as stupid as that, like it was all kind of working for me, man. Like, what about this joke? What about when the first time you meet Matt Dillon, he stands up from the desk and does his pants up? That was That's weird. So what's he doing like there? It. I think the <laughs> idea is that he's masturbating right. in his office. <laughs> right? I didn't overthink it. I just laughed. Yeah. I think maybe, yeah, you're supposed to like, whatever your assumption is. <laughs> oh, man. Then we get, yeah, anyway. Like, what? just just the confidence in that character. Even when, we, when Jeffrey Tambor picks him up in Miami and they're driving and he's yeah. asking about the case, he's like, stalker case? He's like, Oh yeah. Like it's just oh, like yeah. he doesn't overthink things. He's just sort of like very base needs. And like you would never want this person in your life, this character, but watching it as a comedic character, like he had me laughing. For me, I also throat. was like that character made me think a bunch because you know, everyone they try and contextualize it in the in the end of the film, being like, especially specifically Ben Stiller says, You all just want her because of the way she made he tries to like make sense of why they're all obsessed with her. But specifically Matt Dillon, it's like, okay, obviously you're attracted to her, or whatever, but what do you want? Like, what is the possible end game? You could ask the same question of Tucker, I suppose, but like, what in the world is he expecting to take place? Yeah. I think we'll talk in the just second. Just sex? Yeah. Is he just like, I'll have sex with her and that's what there I'm doing? Because imagine what their relationship would look like three months down the road. Yeah, he would be annoyed if, with her. He wouldn't want to go do all the charity stuff she does. He no, would, they're completely incompatible. Yeah. His whole life is a lie. Yeah. There he seems has, to be a magical element to this movie where there is, sure. like it's, it's as if she curses men. That's that. No, you got it wrong. The curse is on her. On her, sure. Yeah. Of She's course. the she, magnet she for She holds scum. some curse that She's the worst a guy in the world just. You know, it makes you wonder if Brett Favre was actually a psycho too. They just don't get into that. Yeah, he's you know, following work. the logic of the film, if all these guys are creeps, Brett's probably he's been actually sending a creep. Dick pics. Yeah, he also in real still life, turns him down. Yeah. In real life, Brett did have some issues with that. So, really, yeah, the some, dick pics. Something about he Brett was, Wiener. Oh, hell, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so let's go on to what we thought the best scene was, and then we'll do best performance. Best scene of the film, guys. We got you go first. Oh, so hard to pick. Um, yeah. I think to me, the best scene is probably the the first scene. The, the opening scene at the, sorry, not the first scene, the, within the opening, the scene around the balls. like yep. and balls. Yeah. The way they let Frank the cop beans. come in the window and the firemen come in the door after. Lenny, come here. Oh. Take a look 
at what this numbnuts did. Holy shit! It's just so telling of how the film's going to go in terms of they're going to go all in for the joke. There's no way they're backing off. The rules of the world don't even have to matter. Who cares what the logic of the house is? And then even when the cop comes in the window, you're like, oh, yeah, okay, I guess you can just walk into this house. And the, the fireman window. who walks the in. Fireman, it's it's not, he, the cop is still coming to investigate. Yeah. But just to have the whole crew there laughing at his dick, you're like, this movie is all about the jokes. Even though it has tons of heart, yeah. the movie comes through in spite of a bunch of problems, for me, for having a lot of heart. But And it's kind of contained in that scene. Yeah, that's my favorite I think scene. I agree with you. Obvious think, answer, but I think that's my I agree. I think for for in a huge way because I think the stepdad is so fucking funny. Yeah. I think like I'm still not 100% sure who I'm picking for for a favorite performance because it might be him because he was so funny because literally every single thing he said made me laugh. Um and it's for the exact same reason. It like yeah. starts off with the bang. It's really funny. There's cringe comedy stuff, but it's not I thought it was going to be more cringy, but it's not because of how they just keep escalating it and yeah. has people walking in that it's like it becomes more farcical and crazy. We got a bleeder is one of the best edits. I, I wrote that down. Yeah. That's Classic such a line. funny it's edit. Amazing. That's pretty yeah. iconic too. That yeah. Yeah. we got a yeah. we got a bleeder. And then later on, when he's talking about uh, <laughs> didn't uh, the 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 zipper thing happen to you? It's like ah oh, no, uh, in and out of the hospital, two weeks, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's two weeks. weeks. <laughs> two weeks. Just such a quick throwaway. Everybody was <laughs> Cheney. Yeah, I want to be different, but yeah, I think that was the best scene, and I was really excited for the rest of the movie at that point. Yeah. I was like, geez, I do not remember this being this amazing. Yeah. I was loving that. What's the stepfather's? It's Keith David. Keith, Keith, David. Keith David was so perfectly cast in that scene. He played it perfectly. And then he's in like Requiem for a Dream like a year yes. later. It's so weird. What a weird career. Ass to Guys, I'm trying to get my thoughts here. All right? <laughs> in a serious manner. No, I'm kidding. That, that's, that's pretty much it. I'm, second place would be I loved seeing the the cum on Ben Stiller's ear made me laugh way more than I thought it was going to because I I've seen it obviously a lot yeah but I had never actually uh seen it in the context of the movie it was pretty much just on like YouTube compilations and stuff of funny scenes but in the movie it made me laugh oh it's, it's so funny it's situationally yeah. hilarious mm-hmm. uh I, I will say the scene front to back that made me laugh the most out loud was the dog scene. That it caught me off guard. I I, I knew it was coming. I was I didn't really. I was like, yeah, this is gonna be silly. And I weirdly found the slapstick hilarious. And when it culminated with the dog blocking the fucking like the Three Stooges thing, the moment that happens, I was on the fence about the scene. And then the moment that happens with the Three Stooges thing, I'm like, I'm in. It's so dumb. Uh, Perfect. So so that that one was close to get my money, but. It, I think that that opening scene with the, the balls and the way they set it up and you you care about this Ted character. You know, he has that line uh, off the top that's, uh, I can't believe she knew my name. Some of my best friends don't know my name. I wrote that It's like the saddest <laughs> and most telling line. And so it's like, you're really rooting for it to work out with him. And like you said, Miguel, it's like the start of sort of cringe comedy, something we hadn't seen a ton of before. And it's so fucking funny throughout that you're like, it sets the tone for the film and then like you're off and running from there. So it has to be that one. Although I would say a laugh count for some reason last night, I don't know if it was the Neo Citroen. Uh, <laughs> I was, I was having it with that dog scene, man. You know, you know what this movie is, is so funny that the script is so full of good jokes that you could literally rank just jokes. Yeah. This yeah. Movie. Like, yeah. And like lines. Me, one liners that I would, that maybe it's because of the age I saw it and stuff, but other movies I remember, oh, this whole thing was funny, but really specific lines like, what about Brett Favre? Is <laughs> yeah. the funniest, it's such a funny joke. That's such a, a funny joke of the moment. Yeah. Like, oh man. Perfect joke. Because like it's such a vulnerable moment joke. too and you just slip in a joke there. Brett Favre. Well, and I love the, to the, the, we uh, <laughs> the speech that uh, Chris Elliott gives him about clearing the pipes. 
and all yeah. that before. I love that speech. He, Million yeah, jokes in there. He just he plays it so Flogging good. And I had always it's something I had always thought about, but Me I never too. heard anyone I say it loud. Yeah. So I was always scared to talk about that with my friends. And then I was like, oh, other people think the same stuff I do, and that can be funny and broached <laughs> now. Yeah. Like, uh oh! Everyone's seeing themselves in the Chris Elliott character. <laughs> That's bad that. news. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> me. <laughs> That's me up there. My face is itchy. Um, who was the best performance in this film, guys? Tough one. Oh, uh, I'll just go first. I have to say, Mary. I thought she. That was, was going to be my answer. So I thought you all so were going to pick a dude. That's an gonna... actor doing comedy with like actual chops of mm-hmm. comedy. I. It's a good answer. Well, and I, she she yeah. is everything. I could see how everyone nothing works so if without her. She has the hardest right. role. It's yeah. like everybody. I mean, Ben Stiller's playing the straight man, right? Everybody else gets to be fucking weird and have yeah. big lines, and he's got to sort of be us. He's right. He's mm-hmm. like our sort of portal into this world. But she ends up being everything to everyone, including the viewer. Like Shane said, you buy why everyone falls in love with her. She's genuinely funny. She's genuinely charming. Uh, Maybe the four of us are in love with Mary. I don't know, but I, I was going uh, to say I'll, Mary. I'll, I'll counter that too, though. I, as, as much as I agree with you in yep. praising the actor and their performance, I think a huge reason that it succeeds so well is because it's critically underwritten and it's a difficult mm-hmm. thing to play where oh, she has to imbue it with an so extra life that isn't it. there. This is maybe for the second half, a That's teaser, a but this movie is I'm hugely just... problematic in its male gaze and yes. all the female character are, are all the female characters are terribly written right and in spite of good jokes and stuff and what mary what what cameron diaz brings to mary is an extra movie star quality obviously yeah. and makes that, this character like and a, a funny person a and a, and a good or great actor who, yeah. yeah but it's like i think that's a huge asterisk on best performances because they didn't give her it's a it's a tough thing to pull off which you would give her points because she's not going totally, to totally. it's not give on the page for that yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, best performance my best performance uh, you have to give it to ben stiller for me um I think I think it's it's hard to compare a role like Keith David, who's every joke is TNT is so mm-hmm. funny, but Ben Stiller has to really sort of maintain the film's heart and toe the line of being a psycho and yep. and the you know trying to make you like him in spite of every reason that you shouldn't after the first couple scenes, right? Yeah, um, I agree. I think him crying at the end is the thing that I like. that is that so funny. So the funny. cut to that the hard crying. cry is so maybe the funny. funniest hard cry in film, I and like that's another <laughs> editing. Uh, uh, Kudos to the editors of this movie yeah. too, like the "We Got a Bleeder," to the like "See you later, Mary." And cut to the heart cry. God, <laughs> it damn, goes on that for so long. And then the reveal when she runs up to him and yeah. it's like, "You forgot your keys," and he can't even talk. <laughs> 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 yeah, um, I like Ben. So I, 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 I wish I could say Keith. I think Chris Elliott actually is my favorite. Wow, in this movie. Yeah. just because I think the Woogie yeah. thing is so yeah. compelling. Ted, here's Healy's uh, address down there. And in the future, do a little research before you send a guy like that out into the woods. I mean, Jesus Christ, that's it's creepy, okay? His skin is clearing up as we speak because you... Uh... <laughs> it's the most interesting part of the movie. Every single thing he does, he's playing to uh, this mystery to us while being funny while be- and like you like you said Chris Elliott's one of the greatest creeps of all time well for the first half of the movie he's actually kind of a charming nice guy I'm like wow what a oh, really I, weird oh, I don't know about that with the scenes with his wife <laughs> yeah, the first scene but with like- his wife was like go make cookies <laughs> I think you're supposed to be like yikes yeah. but, but he, go bake cookies also I love when he's like what's his job his job is he's holding up something that's saying what if 12 kids die in the bus like he's yeah. doing some weird 12- <laughs> 
Bus crash, 12 kids 12 killed. Kids, what yeah. does this cost us? Yeah. Why do they make his wife so subservient? Is it to show that well, even though he has everything essentially that he's still obsessed with yeah, Mary? I think yeah. he's a psycho who's, right. who's accruing he's like, an, this he's weird a, job. He's an in a absolutely weird. deeply manipulative psycho yes. to the point where he's maintained a friendship with Ted who yeah. he only knows about and obviously searched out of because of his his Mary thing. Yep. I think the I think the wife is like a... A victim, almost. Yes, of his, I, of, I totally agree. She's what, Mary, she's what Mary could have became if Mary didn't have, have the... Two uh, beautiful kids. If you like them so much, Ted, why don't you tell <laughs> yeah, You want them? <laughs> and I mean, like, I mean, like, I think, I think personally now, I think especially in this age, the joke goes too far. Yes. But it pushes the thing when he yeah. pushes the, her head back down for the blow job. You're yeah. like, oof. Yeah. But I mean, I guess it's... They're, they're pushing the character idea, but it's like, that's also... Not that funny. Just, he's they so, try to get back in the credits with her doing it to him, but it still it still is like you you did yeah, that that's because not you really knew the, the first movie. one yeah. was bad. Well, yeah. I think that's a good natural segue to maybe some of the more problematic Let's elements with this film. Maybe the reasons to knock it There's off a ten. the pedestal. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's a lot going on in this film. You know, it, I, philosophically, there's kind of this interesting thing with comedy where it's like if it's a if it's like. Are you scoring laughs off of like say like marginalized people if a reprehensible character says it? It's like almost like a Trojan horse for like racy comedy and sort of like laughing at like saying like say like a you know a word that is considered taboo. But it's like well no that that character said it. We're not saying it. But if you're the Farrellys, you are saying it. And so that's an interesting thought whenever I watch like. I mean, comedies now don't really do that. I don't know if they do or if the Fairleys even knew what they were doing because the boundaries they thought they were pushing obviously have changed in 20 years. So stuff seems antiquated when you see it. And then other stuff you go, oh, I think they just thought they were being like a little bit um, boundary pushing. I don't know if they were trying to like Trojan horde like a horse and like, this is how we can say the R word. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I think it's, I think shock comedy doesn't even really like exist anymore resonate, that same way. No. Whereas at maybe in the nineties, it was like, if you were a shock comedy director, that was like exciting and yeah. people would anticipate your movies and want to see it to see what shocking things you would do. Um, but I think, you know, the past few years have started sort of recontextualized within the comedy around conversation and cinema and storytelling, like what the purpose of shock is. And I think the mainly problematic element of this film is that it, as it relates to marginalized people is that the story and the jokes obviously are not written by those people. And maybe that they're trying to be put in a good light by the Farrelly brothers, but there, but there is a, a, a huge chunk, a mega chunk of bring, the Trojan horse bringing in things to make, so you can say a joke like roller pig about some, yeah. a fat person in a wheelchair, mm -hmm. which is like, it does push the story of making Matt Dillon seem like a nightmare. And it is kind of funny in a way, but it's also like, it's a cheap joke as well. It is. Well, the whole Mongo thing. We got this one kid, Mongo. He's got a forehead like a drive-in movie theater, but he's a good shit. So we don't bust his chops too much. So one day, Mongo gets out of his cage. But they keep him in a cage? In the cage. The long yeah. monologue, and I'm like, it's just, it, yeah, it irks because I'm like, crappy edgelord. But the intention is not funny to me. It's, 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 it's just, it, you can, t the joke is... He gets to say these horrible things. And I like think they get away with the part where he goes, I love working with retards. <laughs> yes. But I but think it, the second just, she goes, 
what? He should be like, oh, he, agreed. Like they get, they, they achieve the story purpose there. And I'm not sure the following jokes are agreed. Like, and then a, as funny as, because the first time he says that mm-hmm. to me, that is funny. That is that our joke, unfortunately is funny. <laughs> it's shocking. And it speaks to that guy's level of sort of like, he's trying to woo her by being something that he's not. And he can't even use the right language. Well, it's, it's not or like be bothered in, to put in the research. A hundred percent. It's it's not like in uh, the Hangover where Bradley Cooper's character is calling people the f word. Yeah. The joke is, yeah, he's this yeah. got this bravado, and it's like, haha, he called you that funny name. The joke here, and the intention of the joke, the way I looked at it, is that Matt Dillon is so dumb, he's not even aware that he's saying something brutally inappropriate. And when Mary calls him out on saying it, he doesn't even register as that. He thinks. Uh, the thing he shouldn't be able to do is work with mentally handicapped. correct. Yeah, she's like, that's yeah. not politically correct, correct? He's like, oh, I'll work with who I want to work e- with. Exactly. And it's like, oh, my goodness, this guy is so dumb. We're not laughing at the insult of being called the R word. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that- that's. I, I think that joke works. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. I, then, I was but fine with that, they do The, the Mongo in the Cage stuff is a bit like. And also just the reality. It's this, also, it's just the same joke again. Yes, yeah. they double down it on it. And, and I guess the and I guess my bigger problem. I said it before, and it'll be going to kind of what you were saying about the Mary character, is that the fact that Mar- that he's saying this thing that is ostensibly a horrible story that any rational person should listen to and be like, well, this guy's a bad person. That she's just sort of, oh, I'm kind of digging this Mookie kind of weird guy, and it's like she, she is such a weird. She is such a weird, bizarre character. Well, it's like because she's it's because she's she's not a fully developed character. Yeah, she's she's a used construct. to service. Mm-hmm. She's used to service the story turns for yeah. each of the male characters that are just given much more importance. I wrote in she's every a scenario. thirsty dude, bro, fantasy. Even the time of the like real she, person, exactly. Yeah. And and <laughs> when it's convenient, she's super smart and witty and funny. Uh-huh. And when it's and when it's not convenient, she's naive. You can say the sky is red, and she's like, "Okay, correct." Mm-hmm. Like yep. one of the most naive scene with Matt Dillon. Yeah, that's fair. I kind of looked at it like she's seeing the good in everyone, but yeah. the second she finds out somebody actually isn't truly being their intention isn't to be good, she'll drop them. And also just believe that, just like, oh wow, wow. okay. She just does whatever anybody tells her is a weird thing. Mm-hmm. Even the part where there's like, I thought about it when they're like. Uh, yeah, she's an orthopedic, you know, oh, what's the friend Joe, is it, who had the curly hair? He's a chiropractor. Anyways, he's fixing yeah, Ted, yeah. and then he's like, yeah, I saw her in Miami. She, you know, well, I'm a chiropractor. She's an orthopedic surgeon. I was like, well, they really got pretty far into meeting Mary, spending all this time with Mary, where there's no indication that she's an orthopedic surgeon. Yeah, the only like, thing was the, the guy who had his broken back. That's the only time it really right, right, gets into it. Right, right, that's a little bit later. It. But she's like a surgeon. Like, she should be yeah. Brilliant. She's, like, she's not that busy. Yeah. <laughs> for a surgeon. Yeah, seriously. She had free time down there yeah, in Miami. Playing a lot of golf. Is she like a freelance surgeon? Is that freelance the Freelance <laughs> surgeon. <laughs> hey, anything can happen in Florida. Yeah. We don't understand Florida. Hey, that's a good point. Florida kind of makes everything, <laughs> glosses over all the problems. Uh, speaking of problems, one of the things I did not like in this film was the whole hitchhiker uh, uh, arrest uh, gay um, sort of oh, like yeah. a, oh what, what do they call gosh. it like rest stop sort of like that the whole, whole gay whole, panic thing was the a whole, nightmare a lot oh. of gay panic stuff like and then Bad. well because even starting from the uh, the Richard uh, the therapist I can't remember the, the actor's name oh um, the, yeah Richard Jenkins thank you Richard yeah. Jenkins and so that was very actor. funny though the way he snuck in that was like, oh, oh sneaking's <laughs> great that was great was and, a, anyway, yeah, anyway that was fantastic I, I even think the rest stop joke is almost passable. Sure. It's like, it's aged poorly, but it's almost passable from him. Like yeah. introducing it, Richard Jenkins. But yeah, 
Yeah, every, that thing that everything that happens in the rest stop is like even the way like everyone's like a bumbling idiot running around. Yeah, I was the being comedy, too. That was so. And Ben Stiller's on his knees, like no, 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 but, no, and no. You no, guys no. mentioned you like you like the Harlem Harlem Williams sort of performance and uh, the interrogation. Like as that shit's all going on, I'm going like this movie's already sitting at two hours. Like you I'd actually, like him in, yeah. I'd rather see Jeffrey Tambor get eat by a snake than that whole subplot. You didn't like him in Dumb and Dumber Sorry. either. Like, you know, and you what are we funny? doing in this excursion? No, I didn't like him in this movie either, and I'm a Harlem Williams fan. Like, I, I didn't want great. that scene. But I mean, I, oh, I, I, couldn't. I don't know if it I like- It does feel deeply unnecessary. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know if I like it because that is the scene I've referenced. That, so that is a perfect example of, do I like that scene because I'm so familiar with it and I've referenced it and joke about it and my own references are what I'm sort of laughing at because sure. he's repeating it or that the scene itself is actually any good. It's just like a premise out of like a sketch. It is Two a guys sketch. in a car. It's just a sketch, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what's funny about the about the homophobia in this movie is there's another joke that just lands so dead in the water, especially now, is when Ted and Mary are on a date sitting on the car. And yep. she's like, I'm bisexual. And then he's like, oh my God. Yeah. And then she's yeah. like, I'm fucking with you. And he's like, phew. <laughs> I have what it. is that That's joke? a non-issue in 2019. No, like, that, is that is that supposed to be like, like that's the joke? Like, oh, you got that's a weird the whole one. Joke. Even yeah. back then I thought, isn't isn't the whole taboo thing like this this girl's even hotter than I imagined? I thought that's what they were trying to say. Like, she's so sexy that she's bisexual. And then it was like, no, the joke is that it's weird. The joke yeah, is weird's that it's weird out. or gross or something negative. And it's like. Yeah, it's that threw me so off totally. So flat. Yeah, weird. I saw, I just watched Lethal Weapon recently and there was like an ex- identical joke to that where there was like a woman it's like, a, she might be a lesbian. It's like, oh, that's disgusting, but go on. He actually like, Mel Gibson says that, that, well, those It's not words. shocking from Mel. And it's like, yeah. not Mel. What a weird Mel ad lib that <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Keep it in or I walk. <laughs> I do improv. <laughs> um, you know, you know, I was going to introduce something that I yes, dislike yeah. in this movie, but I think it's actually, I don't know if dislike is the right word. It might just be like style things. Okay but away from the content of the movie. There's too much music. It has a great soundtrack. There's tons mm. of good songs. Oh, it's, one of those, it's one of those movies Overdone. where every single thing, even the dog scene is like, <laughs> like they, every single scene is like heavily manipulated by music. Yeah. Specifically the opening, uh, when they, when, uh, uh, not the opening, when Pat Healy goes to Miami and he follows her around a bit, there's just all these scenes of like driving and like, Music, yeah. and then mm-hmm. every time someone talks, the music is giving you a heavy cue on how yeah. to feel. It's weird when there isn't music. You're almost like, hey, w- what's the deal? Nothing's <laughs> going on? Like, I got so, my brain was so conditioned to hear music that it got annoying to me. They're just weird filmmakers. Like, Peter, like, in, like, like it sometimes feels like they don't really know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, like, they have a great, like, it's edited very well, but it does feel like they're always, like, grasping, like, I know how to make a funny thing, but I don't know how to make a movie exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they had a better handle on it in the 90s, and with every subsequent movie it kind of got away from them yeah. more and yeah. more like fast like, forward to green to book now, or have no they just don't know how to make movies at all anymore the beautiful subtlety of <laughs> <I> green <know. laughs> um what was i gonna say oh yeah because you were you shane you said you like the cum scene and i did not my huge problem with the with this movie is there's a lot of iconic things that are iconic like the dog thing which is funny in places and the cum scene in the hair like the cum scene in the hair is so famous and so yeah. iconic it's on the post it, like, it was it was the selling point of the but movie. is it yeah. funny like, is it funny that she probably was then? I I it thought it was funny laugh. when he. I laughed really hard this time when she goes, "What's that on your ear?" And just his physical yeah. performance of hmm, he tilts mm. his That's head funny. really hard to the left, and it's a great reveal. I don't know, but the reality of it's, the scene it's means deeply bullshit. That though, for she sure. that she is looking at his ear and she thinks she sees gel, and she goes, "Is that a hair gel?" Yeah, great. I can use no, 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 no,
<laughs> oh, great, Chell. I would like to put uh, my hair up in some weird spike. Like that, it just it, because it makes so it doesn't make any. But the movie sense. created this whole totally world cartoonish. where weird things can happen, and we're going to accept it. Uh, like, you were going to be mad at the hair movie. Where I guess. magic things happen. Well, if you want to well, magic, how did the jizz end up on his ear? Has any, anyone? That's ever, not how cum works. I wrote that down. Yeah, like the angle he was on. <laughs> that's fine. Like you need a Zapruder film to find out how that ended up on the ear. But, but anyway. the dog did a Three Stooges block. We can accept anything in this. That dog was true. pretty that's special and point. on lots of speed. What, but yeah, I, I don't want to be this guy. But what about the size and viscosity? Of the yeah. I know. <laughs> it was pretty the integrity like, yeah. of it like, just the, the prop it, team really like <laughs> yeah. made a choice. <laughs> Props team on the film. But yeah, you buy it within the reality of the film to get There's to the joke. Like when he turns his head, hmm, that's funny. But then there's other points in the scene where it's clearly like not actual. I don't know. Yeah. You know what was a really weird thing that I'm gonna maybe I, I feel like 90% of people wouldn't notice this, but there's the scene at the end where or near the end where Ben walks in, he has the baseball from Tony Romo or whatever, and she's reading the letter, and she that reveals everything between Ted and Pat Healy. They're kind of like breakup scene. Yeah. And then he turns around to walk away and says, like, I only did it, I don't remember what it was, I only did it because I couldn't stop thinking about you or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's the worst ADR I've ever seen. <laughs> there's a few bad ADR. Oh, there's an ADR, yeah. yeah. The mother also going, holy shit. In the first scene, in the ball uh-huh. scene was one where I was like, that's not real. That didn't happen. Well, the, and it's really badly done. The Harlan Williams one where they're driving up, there's some Harlan Williams ADR Oh my God, you're totally right. But I'm like, oh my God, that's horrible. And then when he gets out of the car and walks away, there's another weird bad Harlan. I can Harlan- feel the studio note on yeah. that edit, which is Me too. the drive up is too scary with Harlan Williams. Mm-hmm. So he, you know what he says? He goes, I'm only waiting seven minutes. Yes, that's right. Which is a half oh, decent joke. Oh my God, it's so hacky. <laughs> but they, but the ADR of the ADR of Ben Stiller's last thing is, go back and watch it. It is like so visually audio mismatched. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Also, watch the ADR on him being released from prison when all the prisoners are like going nuts, and he goes, "Shut up!" But it's like the editor's voice that is yeah. not yeah. Ben Stiller's I think you're voice. Right. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, I rewound it like eight times. So a close sure. second, I, I will did say. Notice that. Yeah. A close second uh, for best performance for me though was Brett Favre. I thought he delivered his lines amazing. I'm kidding. Yeah, he was okay, a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. That's right, Mayor. You know I'll always be true to you. Shit, this isn't fair. I, I honestly, he I didn't give a good performance, but that stiffness played really well into it for me. Mary, I haven't stopped thinking about you. That actually <laughs> made oh me God, laugh like crazy. Because he was bad. It oh, yeah, became yeah. entertainment, but or entertaining, it's but it's casting. so, it's so clunky. He had, he had yeah. three lines, and he couldn't get... Yeah, I don't know. It's super stunt casting. He's not an actor. I thought he looked really funny. I thought it, I thought it made him look really good. Yeah, you liked it. You liked the I love it. I don't think he gave it. a good performance. He obviously cannot act, and that was zero expectations acting. for Brett in uh, that scene. So. Would you guys think of so when Chris and the first time that reveal? Sorry, the first time that Brett Favre reveal comes out that it's Brett Favre. That was an enormous moment in the theater too. Yeah, he was, was the most he was famous huge. quarterback in the world. Absolutely, like that was a huge joke that they held, they kept presenting, and then they it's held off. Oh, that was that's a huge. So success, apparently, they had like a, like ten other quarterbacks who they had cast who kept like dropping out because of like scheduling and stuff. It just happened to end up being Brett Favre, and then they get the Brett Favre joke. Brett Favre yeah. joke, which is fantastic. There's a line after uh, so Ted kind of does his big, you know, speech and he's like, you know what, Mary, I just wanted to be happy. And then he leaves. And then we kind of linger for a second. It might have been funnier just to cut right to the crying. And this is where you get Chris Elliott. Uh, she says something. He's like, oh, shut up, cock tease. Or he calls her cock yeah, tease. Yeah. Do you guys think that that was like absolutely a Chris Elliott ad lib? Yes. Because they cut out of it so quick that in my mind, I picture them all exploding laughing on the set. But they're like, that was so funny. Keep it in. Because it seems like a weird thing. And, and I also don't think it ages well. It's just so They really tried to disarm. Mean. They really tried to disarm 
the so they they present the thriller element, and then when he's like, "I'm gonna get something from you," you're actually like, I think as a first time watcher, you're supposed to be like, "Oh shit, she's in danger." Yeah, mm-hmm. he's gonna like abuse her in some way, and then it cuts to him. He wants to steal shoes, and she's she's like grabbing him. So it they try it's to disarm the idea that he's actually physically threatening, but I think it doesn't work because they spent the whole movie with her going, "I had to get a restraining order." I, you know, I'm scared for my life. I had to move cities, change my name. Yeah. So yeah, Woody like, should it, it be just, in jail. It, it wasn't enough that it, he likes shoes. The he shoe probably likes shoes to beat the shit out of women. Like, right. Yeah. yeah. I, and, and I know you guys liked Matt Dillon in this. I did not like Matt Dillon in this. I thought they spent, I, for all, it's a, it's a long movie. It is two hours and there's a lot of, and there's the, the point where it shifts to being, Matt Dillon's kind of the main character for a long a time. A long time. It's a long time. It's like the whole second act. A, he owns a lot of the movie. Yeah, and that I feel like that's when the movie like was he really, third build on the poster? Was it like Ben Stiller, Cameron Diaz, and Matt Dillon? Been. Yeah, had to have been. For sure, well, he was a big star. They they started dating after this film. That's right, Cameron Diaz and Matt Dillon. Good for them. Yeah. Who's who went who who's the who who's dating up in that scenario? Uh, probably uh, him. I think she was coming off the mask, looking? and then she became I, I think, a huge star. Oh, we're just talking about looks. He was considered a hunk back in. Oh, he, I think he's, I think he's gorgeous. Yeah, I think he's. Yeah, good. I think they had to put that mustache on him too. Best like, looking of the creeps. Yeah, yeah. the creeps. They had to give him the, the, the teeth. They had to do all these things. The teeth gag was hilarious. Yeah, though, I thought the first the his face on the like, look at my teeth was funny. Yeah, I don't know. He just he just they spent a lot of time with this kind of. And it felt like he was overacting a lot. It did feel like it was an actor trying to be a comedic actor. It just, I just didn't buy it. And because we had to spend so much time with him as basically the main character, like Ben Stiller just drops out of the movie. Wild question. Sure. Who would you have liked to have seen that? Who could have pulled off that role better? Oh, that's a great question. Is that a Jim Carrey kind of thing? Like if, if oh, my 98. God. Oh, 98. Too, okay, no. 98, 98. If Jim Carrey's in this movie, he's Tucker. Yeah, right. 100%. That's tough. Owen Wilson? He's not creepy enough. No, he's not. You got to be a dirtbag. Too subtle. You got to embody. Owen oh, Wilson can be a dirtbag. You know who? Jason Kevin Dillon would have been good. <laughs> Do you know who's too good looking and is not age appropriate, for, probably for 1998? But what if John Hamm did it? Oh, yep. John Hamm. That's good. Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah, yeah. I, I can be, picture Billy actually, Bob. That's for a great sure. one. Billy yeah. Bob Thornton. Yeah. I don't know oh, if I can picture Ham doing it because I'm not a huge Ham being a Ham fan. Oh, I love wow. Ham. Wow. Yeah. Oh, funny. you don't like SNL Ham, like with the you have, higher stand, you have higher standards for anyone like named Children's Ham. Children's Hospital yeah. Ham. <laughs> I actually, actually, I'll say, I love the movie Bridesmaids. I thought Ham was the worst part about that movie, as like the creepy Disagree. sort of like. Well, the worst element. part of that movie is that Tim Heidecker's in it and they don't let him talk. I know. And that's so weird. He's well, like I think he was like just a very much an up and coming actor at the time. Uh, all right. Anybody else got any more flaws before we get to a verdict? Yes. I think one thing we Hit have us. to highlight again is the. the Vaguely misogynistic male gaze in the movie, uh, letting down the script, where you have all the female friends who could have been probably more interesting than the killer scene or whatever. You could have done anything with them. You had Sarah Silverman, who was obviously improvising what a waste. stuff. And um, <laughs> I think that was like a real letdown. And those female friends just disappear, even as the danger ramps up for Cameron Diaz's character. But I think one of the funniest things in the movie, and I highly doubt it's intentional, but it plays this way for me, is that Sarah Silverman, easily the most critically underused person in the film, and then they have the final post-credits Build Me Up Buttercup sequence, which is very charming, I would say. Very charming. And their one clip of her doing it, She's absolutely stone faced <laughs> and, and clearly not having a good time in any capacity. She's like, okay, all right. Because I also watched you watch that and you're like, oh, wait a minute. Every single scene they shot, they said, okay, now we're done. Now every single person yeah. performed this song again. Yeah. So even that fun thing was probably like an arduous nightmare. Yeah, that's true. 
That is a Bitch great Bobby note. Farrelly. Do you know his whole penis thing that he does to actors? That whole I bet he doesn't do the anymore. vagina, the fake vagina. No, where he'll say, "Hey, I got a growth on my on my stomach. Can you check this out?" And he'll lift up his shirt and he'll have like the head of his penis sticking out of his jeans. I bet he doesn't like do that anymore. Yeah, he, he probably stopped that for a few I'm months. Saying, I wonder if he had just done that to Sarah Silverman at the time, and she's like, "Okay, let's uh, do this buttercup and get the fuck out of here." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, I had never heard that before. Yeah. He was proud of it. He's, he's tell, he tells this story. So, yeah, I don't think that uh, he'll tell that story hmm. anymore. Want to get to it? Let's yeah. do it. Guys, does this movie stay on the pedestal or does it get knocked off? Who wants to start? You want to start? I'm going to say uh, it stays on the pedestal. Woo! I, th- I think that, it, I think that it, it drops in my head from like an 8.5 to more like a 6.9. Uh, of a film because there are the, there are hugely problematic elements and like ones that they knew better like the like the female stuff, but I think some other stuff is also just like you can't fault a movie for when it came out. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, yeah. I'm, sure. I'm mixed on it, but I think it stays. I'm mixed too. I don't know if I want to go next because I'm I'm still not, I still don't know what I'm going to say. I'm not wholeheartedly behind. Yeah. It, All right, it. I'll go. Uh, this was a very difficult film to uh, try to contextualize and decide whether it should stay on the pedestal or get knocked off the pedestal because, like I said, there's a whole sort of middle section sketch, the the the, the hitchhiking and the arrest and all that stuff that I think this film doesn't need. Um, and obviously the things that haven't aged well, and I thought Miguel did a great job of pointing out um, some of the problems with the writing and uh, the characters. But man, this movie is very, 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 very fucking funny. I laughed, I laughed my ass off so again. much. I gotta be honest. That's where I'm I haven't watched this movie off. in years and I threw it on. Um, belly laughs, belly laughs. And Danica, my wife, even like she was working on a computer in the dining room and she kept kind of looking over and at one point she came over and just sat down for 15 minutes and watched with me. Because I just, I couldn't stop giggling and laughing and I didn't think I would. And uh, I just think that funny is funny and this movie has way more funny parts than problematic parts. Uh, so I, I'm surprised with myself, but I'm keeping this movie on the pedestal. Shane boy? I'm keeping it on. Yeah, I, this that. movie, I, I pulled Billy like a reverse Madison. Miguel. It was probably started at a 6.9 and ended at an 8.5 because my expectations were so low of this. And All you remember is neck pain from the front row. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I remember that movie. Ah. And no, I just still wearing the neck brace. I just felt like I was like better. Like this happened to me when I saw Royal Tenenbaums too. I just loved Rushmore so much that Royal Tenenbaums was a huge that, letdown Oddly enough, for me. small digression, Royal Tenenbaums, one of my absolute favorite uh, cinema experiences. I, had oh, the, really? I, I laughed like wholeheartedly at that so wow. much. Which is weird looking back. Yeah, I know. That's a, not a not a belly laugh kind of a movie. I, I spent a $50 cab ride. It was a snowstorm that day. And no one would so drive Rushmore? me. I was so obsessed with Wes Anderson and Rushmore. And it was just very big letdown and like $50 back. Oof. So $100 Dang. in total. Anyway, this movie, like I was just laughing at everything. Every joke. Even stuff that shouldn't work. Like when you said cock tease, I was embarrassed to admit. I laughed at it. I don't know why. I guess because the characters are so deplorable. I'm like, eh, I'm letting everything slide here, yeah. man. They, they've won me over. I think they were trying to get away with it because they thought they had disarmed him. Like, he's not a threat to her anymore. Yeah. But then it comes across yeah. as threatening anyways, maybe. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, I was, I think I'm in the same place as you where I was like, it's like a six out of 10 and it sort of is growing and growing. And I think when it got to him crying, walking out and crying, I was, I like, I was like, eh, and I laughed so hard when he's like doing the hard cry, like walking I, away. I, I, was I think hysterical. that was it. Yeah. I watched, I gotta be honest, I watched it this morning I, and yeah. uh, like just, I finished like an hour and a half yeah. before coming here and I was dying I at that, that scene. I'm, and yeah. then Brett Favre again, I forgot about <laughs> And then it gets I, went, Brett I laughed my butt off. And I think it's the same way you said, there's ups and downs, but funny is funny. And there were some massive laughs 
And so, yeah, I think on the pedestal, I think it's sort of on the edge and I think I'm with you. I'm not a hundred percent, but it's, it's funny. It's funny, man. It's funny. This movie's funny. I mean, you pointed out there cause the script has, with, it has problematic bigger elements, but the joke writing, like some of my best friends don't even know my name is a killer. That's so yeah. funny. It's such That's, a killer that, joke. I wrote that down. I bolded it on my notes that some of my best friends don't know my name. It's no. great. It was Mike. Come on. Mike did say it. Mike brought it up. So Shaney boy, I think it's that time. Well, I guess we gotta close the book on that one. That's a uh, that's a rapper from Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, he doesn't have a book here. All right, thanks for coming on, Miguel. Really thanks for having me. I really it, much, much, really much appreciated. You're Anytime. great. Anytime.